You are listening to Supernatural Confessions, where it is a safe place for you to confess all your experiences, be it supernatural, myths, urban legends, superstitions, or even unknowns. And as a team, we'll compile and feature your confessions on our platform. Share with us your story through our Facebook page or website. You just need to search supernaturalconfessions.com. I'm Kim, your host for this podcast series, and now, let's get on to the confessions. Hello fellow listeners of Supernatural Confessions, how it's your week been so far? Hopefully everybody is doing fine on this Hungry Ghost Festival. For the first story for this Wednesday, we're going to start with the coach story, continuing from last week, and this is the second part of the story. So right back to this story about the unfortunate tourists who had a tragic accident yeah. on the third floor. Mm. Um, I recall from the news article as well, right, that he was drinking at the nearby bar. Yeah, that's the, the timber bar. Timber bar, right? Is inside, is inside the substation compound. Correct. Right. And I think he wanted to find like a toilet or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And somehow, right, he found himself in the substation, yeah, the back yeah. door or yeah. something like that. Then he yeah. went into the building and then somehow he wandered on the third floor punching yeah. the glass window to yeah, correct. ostensibly escape okay. we don't know what he was he, I don't know how he found himself locked up but yep. somehow the substation was locked up Yeah, you know right this sort of um, what they talk about you know if you're intoxicated mm. your energy level is really low yeah. and you know you, you are vulnerable you, yes you're very vulnerable to uh, this kind of attacks yes right what do you make of this? Okay. Of yourself? So, my, my, my personal theory, lah, and again, all this is speculation. Yeah, right? and you have trained in the substation yourself. Correct, too, correct, yeah. correct. But usually, when we are there in the daytime, it's very normal. You don't feel anything bad, you know. It's, it's a very good venue, actually. We, we, we really like training there, right? The dance studio is a nice place to train. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I have to say, though, I have, I have not had much occasion to go to the third floor. Mm. Some of my guys have gone up to the third floor as well. Alright. What, what they told me was that the, the place sometimes is, uh, not the best ventilated place. So sometimes mm. there's a bit of claustrophobia. Pretty uh, small, I remember. There. It's not very big. Yeah, yeah. It really isn't very big. This is the left wing of the building. Yes. Right? This is the left wing yeah. of the building. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So my, I, I guess my speculation, right, mm. is that um, he, he, he somehow, he was drunk and I think he got himself locked in. He wounded up on the third floor, right? So the question is, how, what, what, what led him into a panic? So, so panic, uh, that he was so desperate to get out. He had to punch a glass window and wind, wind up slicing his own wrist. Mm. So, uh, I don't know, lah. My, my theory is that, yeah, did he see something? Did he, did he did, did maybe he saw something and he panicked? Or maybe uh, if if you want to go the supernatural route, was it something took control of him? Uh mm. you know, these kinds of things, right? So that's my that's my personal uh, uh, uh hypothesis, la, my own speculation. La, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Then I mean I went to substation a couple of times, right? Or yeah. The left wing of the building as well. Uh the configuration of the building is pretty interesting. It yeah. is, it is. Right. Then I I think it's like I do recall the wooden steps, the flooring. Yes, sorry, the yes. flooring. The flooring the creaky as yeah. hell. Uh and 
I remember going to the third floor. I think it was a open house event, and uh-huh. I recall that the rooms are like what you say, pretty small and yeah. claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah, and pretty like old school. Like yeah, it's old, old right? yeah. it's old, it's, it's old. old. Yeah. Actually, right, uh, I just remembered. Uh, hmm. um, when I first started uh, in this martial art, we yeah. uh, we couldn't. We were a very small group then, hmm. so we we did not have access to the dance studio. So actually, right. we were training in the rooms at the second floor. Second right? floor. Yeah. So at, at first, the second floor was just uh, they just used it as a classroom. Right. Right. They were just using it as a classroom. Uh, then after that, eventually the management converted it into office, lah. Ah, right? yes, the admin so, office, yeah. Yeah. So the these second floor classrooms, right? I mean, I I don't know about third floor. I never used the rooms at third floor. Mm. But if it's any gauge, uh, the second floor rooms by themselves uh, are already like not very big. It's mm. it's it's really quite small. Mm. The flooring inside is also wooden. Right, so it's uh, but okay lah. Uh, there are some windows at the other end of the room, but usually the windows uh, we 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 keep closed ah. Right, there's usually stuff propped up against the window and all mm. that. But yeah lah, the uh, it's not the most well ventilated place. Usually, you you have to switch on aircon. Right. you know, if you want to use the room and you want to train there lah. Mm. Yeah, it's not it's not very big, you know. So uh, I I'm 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 quite sure you can get quite claustrophobic if you stay there for too long lah right probably that's one of the reasons that probably let the unfortunate yeah I think so also. probably think he so felt also. cornered in some ways yeah then something yeah. made him panic lah you know yeah, yeah something made him panic in that disoriented state yeah in right. the disoriented state if you if you read the the news article right he he actually tried to in, in his panic state lah and he's already injured already he the, the risk was already slashed he actually caught Mm. Uh, some people he actually called the Australian emergency services right, right. right and and in the phone call I think the news report said that he was telling the operator that he was dying mm. but unfortunately uh, I think he was drunk so he, he might not have been making a lot of sense on mm, the call not coherent yeah, yeah. not coherent lah. so uh, anyway the operator was all the way in Australia, Australia so I really don't know how much help they could have rendered to be honest yeah mm. um, yeah man uh, it, it's really it's, it's really tragic and uh, it, it could have been avoidable it, it could have been avoided lah, I suppose but you know some of my friends uh, were, were also entertained this like idea that maybe he was lured there lah. Right. Right. Mm. Some of them were thinking uh, eh, how come you're already drunk already and intoxicated? If you climb up the stairs, uh, it's not an easy climb, no. The mm. stairs are quite narrow and Very it's narrow, quite yeah. it's quite a steep climb. Yeah. So he's drunk already and then he uh, from the eyewitness accounts uh, that he was looking for a toilet or something. Yeah. Then he wa- wa- wandered into the stairs. Uh, you are drunk already. You are disoriented, but somehow he can make his way up to level three, and then he gets stuck there, uh, right? Uh, and then uh, apparently what happened, right, is that the the caretaker, uh, someone, one of the staff saw him go inside, right, right. Uh, then the person who saw him go inside had other stuff to do. They went and did their own stuff. Then they came back round later. Uh, and then they 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 locked up the place. Uh. I, they I locked up the substation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, they, they, okay. they, they did lock it up. So actually, it was some of the substation staff who who went in and locked it up. Oh, right. I suppose. Uh, I I suppose they assumed that 
he had already left the place. Uh. It was very late by that time already. It yep, was like, what, 3am yep. or something like yep. that. Uh, so I think they probably assumed that you know, no, no, no one there or something. This might be the timber staff though who locked it up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the bar, right? Yeah, yeah it's the bar. It's yeah. either the care, one of the the substation staff or the timber people, mm. la, Yeah, mm. yeah. Then they 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 locked it up, la. So I think that's why he wandered up, uh, locked in there. Mm. It, it it might be possible that he went up, and then, uh, as he was looking for the toilet, maybe he 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 lost consciousness, right? Then when he regained his faculties, ah. Uh, then he discovered, hey, shit, uh, I'm, I'm locked in already. Then, you know. He yeah. panicked. Then maybe he panicked. Then plus he's drunk, he's disoriented. Maybe he wake up and like, hey, what is this place? Where am I doing? I can't get out. Then he, 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 maybe he saw something. Maybe, and he went into a panic. Or maybe something took hold of him. Right? Then he tried to, I mean, you think about it. He's on the third floor. Yeah. You try to punch yourself out of a third floor window. What are you gonna do? Maybe he doesn't even realize. Yeah, he he probably yeah. doesn't even realize it, right? Because he's he's so, so intoxicated. Yeah. Uh then unfortunately, yeah lo. So Ben, pertinent question, right? In uh. the left wing, right? Is there a toilet? Now? In the left wing, yeah, there is. There is. Uh, the second floor, right, right beside the the dance studio, there is a toilet. Third floor. Third floor, actually, third floor. I don't. Uh, third floor. Third, yeah, I think third floor. Yes, because some of my friends have. Uh, I believe, okay, I have not used this toilet, la, but I believe the third floor toilet, uh, I recall some of my friends actually, after training, they went up, used the toilet to change, uh, then they come down. Mm, uh, interesting, right. because I thought, I mean, one would probably use a second floor. Yeah, lo, toilet, yeah lo, that's right? the thing. Yeah. But it's, it's possible that at mm. that time, maybe they locked up the toilet already. Ah, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, so maybe possible. they locked up the toilet already. It's, mm. it's just a single cubicle toilet, that's it. Yeah. Mm. No? Yeah, so, yeah, lah, it's, 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 it's really very sad, lah. Yeah, yep, indeed, very sad. It's a misadventure combined with a, with a dash of possible supernatural, lah. Mm. Yeah. Alright, thanks, thanks, Benjamin. Thank hey, you so no much. worries, man. Yep. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions Podcast. If you have your own confession, do share it with us through our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. Remember, you are not alone. To fellow Singaporeans, do you know where exactly this place is? Do you know about that story? If you do, and somehow you have other things or other kind of experience in this area, you know where to send in your confession. Now moving on to the next confession. This next story is posted by Priscilla Jen Lee. And the story starts like this. So here is a story about my neighbor. When we were younger, we used to stay at Kampong area. So translated, this is in village. Yeah, We were very close to this particular neighbor living just next door to us. When my parents bought a new house, they too bought a unit there. So until today, they are still our neighbours. After Sec 5, this is in Form 5, so this would be around the age of 16, me and my twins left for college in Kuala Lumpur. This is Malaysia. Very happy. We were very happy. Finally away from Kampong Life and Tiger Mom. And then our confessor here put in, a laugh emoji saying that, by the way, my mum is also in this group. Then one night, when we were sleeping, 
my sister had a dream. But in that dream, she couldn't see the face or the body of that thing. But somehow, there is a certain feeling telling her that it is a child. And it is also a girl. And the setting in the dream was the surrounding was at the back of our kampong house, which we had moved out since at least 9 to 10 years ago. Meaning to say that the confessor had moved out from their kampong house 9 to 10 years before or the sister have this dream. The view in the dream was at this particular angle outside the neighbor's house under this big tree and there were a lot of potted plants underneath it. Overlooking the entrance gate and a red table, my sister saw both our neighbors and the eldest daughter. When my sister got up, she said she remembered feeling nervous in the dream and her heartbeat felt it was pounding. Because same time, she knew that it is a hantu dream. It's just that simple, brief dream. Then she woke up. Feeling confused, she called my mom and told her every detail she could remember from the dream. Then my mom went straight to our neighbor auntie and told them about the dream and asked them if they understand what it may mean. After a few ding-dong here and there, finally, the elder daughter confessed that she did had an abortion before. So what happened was, they quickly went to sought help from a temple. And the temple did some prayers to let the aborted baby go where she supposed to go. I've always heard that those who have aborted their child, their life will not be as smooth as some of others. And if ever abortion had to be done, prayers, rituals must be performed to the aborted child. Priscilla here ended her story with, what do you guys think? Here at Supernatural Confessions, we would like to remind you, whatever you don't see, doesn't mean it is not there. Okay, so that is the confession whereby our confessor actually it's actually the dream happened to the sister, not the confessor. So, but then this happened in their family, right? The sister dreamt about a little kid that happens to be the neighbor's house, if I got the story correctly. The twin sister dreamed about a little girl that somehow appeared very blurry, that the sister couldn't actually see a face or actually couldn't see the body of that thing, but somehow knew that it was a girl. But in a way, that is just that the poor child is actually just trying to seek help by saying that she is actually still here, if I get the story correctly. So, hopefully the kid finally found her peace. Now moving on to the next story. Okay, this story is posted by Brandon Avril Gontier. I think I read uh, his story before, but this is another story. And this one... Honestly speaking, it gives me the creeps. So this one is titled Kaki Bukit Industrial Estate. So a few years ago, I worked a part-time job for an IT company located at Kaki Bukit Industrial Estate. The office was located at the higher floor units in the industrial estate. 
The company was involved in the provision of IT support services to many companies in Singapore, thus had many of their servers stored on huge server racks in our office. Given that many of the servers were vital to client operations, there was a need to ensure that the servers were up and running 24-7, and also for clients to be able to contact the company in the event of any emergencies occurring in the middle of the night. As such, there was a requirement for a staff member to be stationed in the office 24-7, and there was a staff member who did the night shift permanently, and the other staff members were rotated on roster to take over the shift when the guy had his off day or when he go on leave. The workload of night shift were minimal, some protocol tasks to be done daily at set timings in the middle of the night, responding to emails and taking emergency calls from clients, which uh, don't really happen very often. Nonetheless, the day shift workers hated taking the shift and avoided like, you know, if they could. The day shift staff were terrified of having to stay the entire night at this very Ulu office located in the industrial park top floor. And on days where they had to take over the shift, they'd be so fearful that they would literally go the entire shift without using the washroom to avoid having to leave the well-lit office and visit the EV automated light washroom located at the end of the walkway office. There were also stories of encounters by the staff members who took over shift hearing weird rumbling noises outside encountering stuff, weird shapes and shadows, feelings of being watched, but they never really shared much detail regarding about what happened and usually refused to say much when pressed for details in the office. Anyway, good news for me because I love the freedom and light workload that the night shift offered, so I volunteered to take every night shift offered during the rest day of the permanent staff. The shift involved working from 11pm to 8 in the morning or 8pm to 8am the next day, depending on the scheduling. Most of my work days went by uneventfully, involving binging a whole anime series per shift, exercising, catching Generation 1 Pokemon on Pokemon Go, stealing food from the pantry, making hot tea three times a night, and so on so on. And oh yeah, the work stuff, you know, doing server tests at specific timings around four or five times a night, responding to rare stray emails and the even rarer emergency calls. So now, before going straight into the occasion in question, it would be proper to give a brief description of the layout of the office. So the office is located on the top floor of the industrial building where there is a walkway, a pathway or a hallway on every floor. As the office is located somewhere in the middle, we have to take the lift, walk through the long and generally wide hallway and enter. Upon entering the place, you'll be greeted by the receptionist table with the coffee tables and sofa. My workspace is located behind the receptionist table, beyond the security door. As my workspace was right beside the server room, the flooring had to be hollow, with some cables running below too. And it's a condition, so as to keep the servers cool and to prevent overheating. Same for the adjacent room behind the security door, all of them had the same flooring, meaning to say that it's with tiles that could be lifted up to reveal the cables underneath below. 
So on that very day, I arrived slightly earlier and my scheduled timing around 10 or 15 minutes earlier at around 10.35pm. The moment the colleague saw me walk through the door, she hastily took her bag and said she had to go. Like that, you know, very urgently look and just left. Rude, I thought to myself, especially since this colleague would always arrive late when taking over my shift and it's just ethique to at least say the next person's shift starts and let them settle down and unpack their stuff and whatnot, right? But she just left. Seems she already packed her bag before I even arrived. Anyways, I was slightly annoyed but didn't really care. Maybe some accidents happened because she didn't dare to use the toilet for 9 hours and, you know, had to change her pants. Who knows? So I locked in with my credentials and set my bag on the table. Not long after that, I heard a sound from below the floor mat coming from the door to my workspace. I don't exactly know how to put in this sound effect, but it was written thunk, thunk. I'm just gonna try to use my mouth to make this sound effect, yeah? It was a light knocking sound which sounded like it came from below the floorboard. Thunk, thunk. The knocking sound seemed to travel down another floorboard towards me. Thunk, thunk. I didn't think too much into it since there were servers, computers and machines around, right? So it may have been caused by the rattling of one of the machines or something below the floorboard. So by the time it travelled down like 8 to 9 floorboard reaching my chair, I started to get restless as though something was watching me. But I was thinking, cannot be lah. All low floorboards always got all sorts of weird sounds or vibrations. But I couldn't shake off this weird feeling, especially given that it seemed to slowly travel down the floorboard towards me. So to appease my overactive imagination, I decided, you know what, let me move further into the office a bit. So I rolled my chair deeper in and further from the sound. The moment my chair stopped, Thunk, thunk, thunk. The sound travelled even faster towards my direction again, this time sounding even louder. So I abandoned the chair and I was like, okay, you know what? The sound may just be cables running under the entire office. So I'll just see whether it's whatever that is making this noise is from other rooms and be done with it. So I stood up, walked through the end of the office past this long table because the room had this long meeting table with computers and way also we conducted our work sometimes. Circled around and went to the door. Opened it to see I heard any machines or not. Suddenly, I hear from inside the office through the open door. Thunk, thunk, thunk. So, the thunking noise followed me through the door. But the moment when it got nearer to me, it got softer again. Really ah. Uh, Cannot be la. So I move forward toward another room. Again, I hear the thunking following behind me. So I thought, okay, maybe it's my weight walking on this floor that's causing the noises, right? Since the more I move, the more it knocks. So to test this theory, I sprinted forward, then stood still without moving a muscle. Thunk, 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 thunk. A dim knocking sound was still following me even though I was literally staying still this time. 
So by now, I was like 80% sure there was something wrong and my hair was standing on my back. But I was like, you know what? I couldn't find any machines. The sound seems to be following me. So let me just get back to work. So I sighed in resignation and walked back towards my workspace through the door and sat in my seat trying to watch some any, you know, I mean work. I think for a while. Then an hour or more later, sure enough, the thunking noise came back. This time even louder and more aggressive. Thunk, 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 thunk. I could actually see the single floorboards vibrate slightly with every thunk. This time it would come towards me then stop and pass me and go around the room in a circle and back towards me again. Walan, my anikwale. Meaning to say that, come on, don't do this to me. A very rough translation. I thought as I look at the time, and it was 2am or so. There was still a good 6 hour until my shift ended. Since the next server check was around 3am or so, I was like, okay, you know what, enough is enough. So I straightened up, left the workspace, threw the security door and went to the reception or pantry area. Exhausted as well because I didn't have any nap the night before. I went to make some hot tea and ate the supper I bought on the coffee table away from the thunking floorboards and just decided to chill in the reception area and use my phone. So after a while, I got tired and bored so I set an alarm for the next server check time and decided to use the sofa as a makeshift bed for a power nap. So I laid down on the sofa and was trying to drift to sleep but couldn't due to this uneasy feeling of someone is still watching me. So I tried this for maybe 15 minutes. Then I heard the sound of sleepers outside. You know the sound that sleepers when people run wearing them? The... Coming from the walkway or the hallway outside the office company. Then I heard a few more. Like... A few people were running at the same time, followed by the sound of young children laughing. <laughs> Sounds like there were both a young girl and a young boy, but I had no idea how many they were and they were running to and fro the long hallway outside. In my half-asleep state, I was thinking, basket, who brought the children to work? Noisy brats are playing catch and chasing each other through the hallway and their parents don't even bother. Then, that is when another thought struck me. Eh, it's almost 3 in the morning. I'm in Kaki Bukit Industrial Building. Why are there kids at 3 a.m.? So, I sat up on the sofa. Sure enough, the running sound came again. And it sounded like a few kids ran past outside the office again. So at this point, I was like, okay, you know what? If it's anything supernatural, ghost kids don't need access cards to enter my office. Let me just pretend to want to get fresh air and just open the door and look outside to see if there's any kid around the hallway or even on the floors. So I took the access card, opened the glass door and went out of the hallway. When I opened the door, it was dead silence. No lights. Not a single kid inside on the long hallway on both sides. And also, there was no way to hide. I looked up the sky. Yeah, it's a nice cooling night and... <sighs> I went back into my office and finished up my tea. By now, I decided to go back to my workspace, you know, where the thunking 
happens. Since the next server ping check time was coming up, so I went back, opened the door, and I heard a single thunk again. This time around, I decided to just loudly say, Yeah, I don't know if anyone is here or just the machines making weird sounds, but you know, I'm here to work and will be staying until daybreak. Please don't disturb me and I won't purposely bother you as well. I'll be here just using the computer. Then I sat down and did my server ping test. After two more soft thunks in the room, the entire rest of the night from 3am onwards was quiet. Not a single odd noise was heard, which had persisted from the start of my shift till then. The rest of the night went on uneventfully, and the shift rotation happened at 8am in the morning. By then, the first morning staff had appeared and I took my staff and left. It was pretty much my first encounter working the night shift in my office and my last. I left the job a few months after and had never been back there since. We have come to the end of this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate us with a 5-star review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast on. Go on and tell your friends and family about us. You can find more of our content on YouTube, Facebook and our website. Search for keyword Supernatural Confessions. If you or someone you know have a confession to make, visit SupernaturalConfessions.com you can send it in text, voice memo, or even video format. Let us know if you want your identity to be kept secret. Supernatural Confessions is created by Eugene Tay. Until the next episode, my name is Kim, your host for this podcast series, signing off with Whatever You Don't See Doesn't Mean It Is Not There.